Hello and welcome to the Biohogs Weekly Podcast. I am your humble host, co-commissioner, and friend, Will Kirkpatrick. Let's get started. Howdy, hey, howdy, hey. What's up, boyos? It's been a long off-season, and uh, it, we're getting right up on there. We're Right now, it is uh, July 18th, so it's still pretty early. We've got um, about a month, month and a week or so until we have our scheduled draft. So I thought what I could do is I could just go over maybe some ESPN uh, top 300 players. <laughs> Obviously, not all 300, uh, because I'm not a crazy person. But some PPR rankings, some stuff where we're like what we can expect out of the first round, maybe uh, talk about our draft order, which dropped last week. I'm sure you all saw, and uh, just kind of have a, a a chilled out opener to the season. I thought maybe I would do a couple of preseason episodes. Obviously, I'm not going to do our legacy rankings and all that until we do our draft recap episode, because. Uh, I do include preseason projections for each team in that. So we won't have any legacy rankings here. Obviously, uh, mine and Charles' legacy will be pretty low (laughs) considering um, what happened last year. I also wanted to do this episode as a little reminder. We're not sure what punishment we're doing yet. Uh, Charles and I have talked about it. We'd be happy to go to Waffle House and do that. It might be kind of fun to have that as our consistent punishment. I'm also not against, obviously, voting on a new punishment. We should just we should just figure that out in the next couple of weeks or so because, you know, we want to be able to do it not day of like Jeremy had to last year since we decided so late. So let's get into uh, the draft order. I can just run down through real quick. We're not going to do all of our segments. Obviously, that's more of an in-season thing because we do Colin the Hog. We do weekly recaps of the records and the games and things like that. So let's recap our our draft order real quick. I did the same randomization that I always do. You know, I take an an R code and uh, and run through it. So as we all know, at this point, pick one is Weston. All right. So Weston just has the best luck I've ever seen. Now, obviously, this is my podcast, so I'm going to provide commentary. And you can take my commentary to mean whatever you want it to. Clearly, I have the capacity to suck ass at fantasy football because I definitely did last year. But I'm just going to say this. Yes, Weston gets all the luck. Yeah, he gets pick one. He's announced he's probably going to take Justin Jefferson, although we don't know if that's just smoke. I know the dude likes Austin Eckler um, because he had him – was it last year or the year before last? He either had him last year or the year before last. Loves the dude and uh, talks about him a lot. So he could go Eckler there. I'm just going to say this. I think, and this might be biased because I did have the first pick last year. I think the first pick, and I've lost, by the way, the league. Sort of. I say sort of, and I'm going to keep saying sort of. I sort of lost the league last year. Weston... Finally may have gotten a, quote, good thing that happened to him in probably at a point where it's not as important to have the first overall pick. Now, obviously I might be doing a little bit of copium here, but hear me out. The first, So I had the first overall pick last year. I take Jonathan Taylor. He gets injured. He doesn't work out. I can handle that. Uh, Weston, the first year of the league, had the first pick. He took Christian McCaffrey. 
you know what happened. He was out for almost the whole year. The second year, James has the first overall pick. He takes Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey gets injured for most of the year. I think we're living in an age now where, especially in PPR land, it is shifted to the point where wide receivers, those like top-tier Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type wide receivers, are worth a first, second, or third overall pick, but you don't have guaranteed weekly just studs like Adrian Peterson back in the day, right? Like when Adrian Peterson was in his prime, when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime, that was going to be your number one pick, right? That couple, like that couple of years that, oh shoot, what's the guy? Uh, he played for Arizona, David Johnson. When David Johnson had his couple of years, you could guarantee if you had the first, second, or third pick that you could get one of these dudes who week in and week out was going to be an absolute stud. Now, my argument is there's only one guaranteed absolute stud in this year, and that's Travis Kelsey. Now, the fact that I'm saying it into a microphone means he's probably going to get injured and he'll probably never play the same way again right after I say it. Now, am I saying Travis Kelsey should be the number one overall pick? No, absolutely not. Although, I think you could actually do worse. And I think that there is an argument for Kelsey, for Eckler, for Christian McCaffrey, for Justin Jefferson, for Jamar Chase. And if you took them at one, nobody would be going, what the hell, man? Like, that's crazy, right? I say this, obviously, maybe trying to cope with the fact that Weston gets all the luck. Right, Even when he goes 7-7, seven and seven, he still somehow wins the league. We've never had another winner. Even if someone else, right? We all have technically a 1-12 chance of winning the league right now. Even if someone else wins this year, you've got to win two more years to catch, just catch up to Weston, right? So he owns us. I won't deny that. But let's take this as, okay, if there was going to be a year that Weston was going to get the number one overall pick. It's good that there's not a well-defined... And I'm speaking to the rest of the league, Weston. I'm not speaking to you. Because no one wants to see you succeed at this point. You have already been the villain, and you know this. And you treat us as such, which you should. You deserve that. There is not a clear-defined RB1 or wide receiver 1 that you can definitively say this is definitely the guy. Back in the day, even though they had four-point uh, four touchdowns, people would take like quarterbacks in the top five all the time just because, oh, well, they score the most points. And then people figured out, right, okay, that doesn't really matter because you're talking about scarcity at positions and quarterbacks. There's a lot of quarterbacks that score a lot of touchdowns. So once people figured that out, it moved more to who's the RB1, who's the RB1, who's the RB1. I think there's like three or four guys you could argue that could be the RB1 this year. And there's like 15 guys who I could say, yeah, I could see them having a top five season altogether. So let's move on to pick two. Pick two is Charles. Now, as much as I think this argument that I'm making that the number one pick isn't as valuable as it was, let's say, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I think it values, I think it scoots everybody up a little bit, right? So I think that gap between the value of pick one and the value of pick two 
is com- is is significantly closer, right? Because I could, if someone told me, "Hey, I'm taking Justin Jefferson with pick one," which is what Weston announced on Discord last week that he's taking JJ with one. I don't know if I fully believe him because you know how Weston is; he always likes to trick people. I think Charles is in a great spot here because I could see someone taking Christian McCaffrey at one. I could see someone taking Jamar Chase at one. Jamar Chase, I think actually, so I wouldn't take, this is me interjecting my own opinion. I wouldn't take Jamar Chase at one. I probably wouldn't take Jamar Chase at two. I would take Jamar Chase in the top five, 100%. I'm just not, I, I like Jamar Chase a lot. I'm just not this like, I'm not convinced that T. Higgins isn't also just an, an immense stud that's going to take away some touchdowns. I know so far that hasn't been the case. I just I see a path to Justin Jefferson being wide receiver one that uh, Jamar Chase does not have, right? So I think Charles is in a great spot here as well as number three, Eric. Charles and Eric are both in great spots because you, they could arguably take the wide receiver one, RB one, and there's not really like a they're, – they're in just pretty good spots. They could take those guys – at pick two or pick three, and you could say, well, Will, that could happen every year. Of course, it could happen every year. But in 2017, or 2016, if you weren't taking Le'Veon Bell, then like, hey man, what the hell are you doing, right? If you weren't taking Todd Gurley, right, in like pick one or pick two, like, what the hell are you doing? You have a lot more variety in those top one to, I think, five picks that makes it a lot more interesting. We have Craig at four, uh, Craig, again, great draft spot here. Uh, I think the top five picks are as valuable as each other, to be completely honest with you. And then I think there's probably a drop-off. Um, I honestly think the drop-off comes whenever Travis Kelsey is taken. And I'm not trying to talk you guys into taking Kelsey early. I'm not trying to talk you guys into doing anything. I'm just speaking out loud. And honestly, I shouldn't reveal the guys that I like. But I'm going to because I just don't. It doesn't matter. Uh, I learned last year, and I'll take a break uh, at Craig here for just a second to say, and I said this to Eric the other night, last year broke me completely, so completely that I I haven't listened to a single fantasy football podcast this year. I've been listening to my college football ones. I've been listening to some NFL podcasts, some news stuff, whatever. By this time last year, I had done so much friggin' research, and I had listened to so many episodes of, oh, this is my guy, this guy's going to break out this year, this guy's going to win. I mean, I just totally, I may have had the worst draft in the history of drafts, and I had the number one overall pick. I, 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 my team was so bad, and, and I mean, I started out one and six, I somehow turned that around, right? And became the ruiners, which did you know? Only thing I really ruined was myself and my reputation as someone who knows anything about football because I or NFL football. I'll say that I'm much better at college football probably than I am NFL anything. But I could I had such a bad I I I mean you guys experienced it firsthand. I think when I was sitting there looking at a one and six record. And I wanted, like, I had a good time because I listened to the, you know, I recorded the podcast. We got to joke around. It was fun. All this stuff. I went mildly insane. I mean, I was, I was, I was in a low place, right? Hey, but that's a, that's the beauty of redraft leagues. You know, every year's a fresh slate. Even guys like Weston who have consistently owned our asses 
you know, get to uh, get to experience a clean slate, and let's see if he can do it again. I mean, I have heard that true dynasties, right? They they if you win four, that's a dynasty, right? Right now, uh, you know, Weston took advantage of um, some early down years of this lead, right? He got lucky last year. He keeps getting lucky now. Repeated luck could end up uh, being skill. But seven and seven and winning the chip, that's not redoable. If you I need to see consistency in the regular season, which he used to have. But I don't know. People are saying Weston may have fallen off. Right? That's the word around is that Weston may have fallen off. So let's see. We'll see. We'll see. Number five, we've got Tim. I got nothing to say about Tim. I saw him today. He cut his hair. Just looks like complete shit. I'm just kidding, Tim. You look good, buddy. I told you that. You look good, baby. You always look good. Up next is six. We got Michael. Seven. We got Pete. Eight. We got Harry. Nine. Jeremy. Okay. This is where I believe it starts falling off a little bit. I'm not saying you can't get a guy there that won't end up RB1 or wide receiver one, but I think what you're doing is you're hoping and praying that your guy is in the top five of his position and uh, variability. There's going to be pretty high amount of variability there. Um, Six through nine, pick six through nine are always tough for me because I'm like, okay, you kind of got to take – Either you get lucky and somebody falls out of the top five that shouldn't, i.e. a Travis Kelsey. You hope that maybe Weston somehow doesn't take Justin Jefferson and then other people have already got guys that they really wanted and you're like, oh my God, I got this crazy guy. You know, you want like, you want like Tim to like reach on a quarterback or something. You know, you want like something crazy, which you could say, you know, hey, if you take Patrick Mahomes anywhere, that's not a reach. Eh, I disagree, but whatever. 10, 11, 12, that's where you get starting. That's me, Connor, and James. That's question mark area, right? The good thing about 10, 11, and 12 is you got a pick coming right back around. You could even say nine with Jeremy. You got a pick coming right back around, right? So your hope, like what I hope for at pick 10 is maybe I can get a top five guy and a top 10 guy, right? If I can get a top five running back here or a top five wide receiver here, I can get a top five whatever. Now... This is the place where, uh, on a couple of mock drafts, I've been able to snag Kelsey at like 10, which I think that's crazy, right? And I I might be showing my hand here. I honestly think Kelsey's the most valuable player in fantasy football. And he has been for like five years because tight ends have fallen off so drastically. Like, we were looking at a couple... I was talking to Eric and Weston and Charles earlier this week, and we were looking... A couple of years ago, at um, at some guys, just to see like where the rankings fell. You guys know that Robert Tunyon was tight end four like three years ago. Robert Tunyon, a guy who since then really hasn't done anything, and probably won't do that much moving forward. I mean, what I think he signed with the Bears as their backup to Cole Komet. I mean, I'm not saying Tunyon's a bad player. You know, by any means, I mean, he was a tight end four. I mean, and a tight end four is valuable. He was heavily touchdown dependent, but it's like, that's what we're talking about. Like, guys like Robert Tunyon can get into the mix. Evan Ingram has had a career revival. He was like tight end five or six last year. I mean, it's, 
it, the gap, though, between one and the rest of them is so crazy that if you take... Now, the thing is, if you take Kelsey early, you need to do what Tim did last year. He took Kelsey at, I think, because Tim had picked 12. He took Kelsey at 13. So, basically, you know, he had the back-to-back. He basically took Kelsey at 12 and 13, right? Um, you have to do what Tim did last year and get a guy like Josh Jacobs, who's fallen off some, but who has a big year, right? Has a big comeback year. So if you take Kelsey early, I'm, I, I'll repeat this a million times over. I think Kelsey's the most valuable player in fantasy football. I also think that the way your roster has to be constructed is you really have to hit on those mid-round guys. Like, because let's say Tim, you know, doesn't take Josh Jacobs, but he takes another guy in that area, Cam Akers, last year, right? Let's say he takes Cam Akers instead of Josh Jacobs. Now you've gone from the like what RB three to like the RB thirty two, right? So that that's a completely different season for Tim. Um, so I'm saying like ten, eleven, twelve is I've been able to snag him a couple of times at ten. I don't think that's going to happen. I really think he's going to be a top five pick, and I think he should be a top five pick. But we'll see. Uh, ten, eleven, twelve. That's where you're like you're flipping around and you're like, damn. I mean, should I take your quarterback? It's going to be so long. Like if you want QB one through QB three, you might have to take him in like early second, which in this league has happened before, right? I, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think you should do that, but clearly, I have stuff to figure out at the quarterback position. Because last year, I mean, I thought Russell Wilson was going to be great. I, I'm going to defend myself for a second. <laughs> Everybody I've talked to, nobody saw Russell Wilson becoming what he became, right? And if I bench him earlier in the year and I start at Jared Goff or I start Geno Smith, then like I and I go two and five instead of one and six, then I make the playoffs and Weston misses the playoffs, right? That, that, you know, and that's all excuses, whatever. Loser, it is loser talk. Like it's just loser talk. But I, but I'll, I'll defend my honor all day. So 10, you know, I, I think I, t- I, so let's just run back through it. I got one Weston, two Charles, three Eric, four Craig, five Tim, six Michael, seven Pete, eight Harry, nine Jeremy, 10 Will, 11 Connor, 12 James. I honestly don't think that any, I, I don't think there's, I think talent spread out this year. And let's, let's look at some rankings so I can maybe explain what I mean. So I, I pulled up. This it's so it's uh, the 2023 uh, PPR top 300 uh, cheat sheet. <clears throat> this is just uh, I think it's Mike Clay's. Uh, they re-update it every so often. Let's see, I don't see. So this has been updated as of two days ago, July 16th. So obviously this will change. And if you come back and listen to this, you know, at the end of August, you'll be like, oh hey, that guy got injured. Oh hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. What we're gonna do is we're gonna run through like the top 25 or something like that. Just find some stuff to talk about here. So they have, and and I'm going to talk about their positional rankings as well as uh, their overall rankings. And so let's say let's say the top 12 goes exactly like it's ranked right now. We're talking about number one Justin Jefferson, number two Austin Eckler, number three Cooper Cup, number four Christian McCaffrey, number five Jamar Chase. Number six, Travis Kelsey. Number seven, Bijan Robinson. Number eight, Tyree Kill. Number nine, Jonathan Taylor. Number 10, Saquon Barkley. Number 11, Derrick Henry. And number 12, Devontae Adams. Okay. So, 
I may have said some inaccurate things earlier where I said that Jamar Chase was ranked wide receiver two. I think I was talking about underdog fantasy. If you play underdog fantasy, they usually run three wide receivers. And so their ranking is usually Chase's the number two pick because if you run three wide receivers, you need to take more receivers early. So I apologize for that. And they usually run half PPR too. So a guy like Cooper Cup is more valuable in full PPR than Jamar Chase because Cup will get probably get a lot more targets and a lot more catches, but Chase will have as many or more yards usually and touchdowns than Cup. Because you just had a little, you guys know, a little bit more efficient passing and whatever, and Chase is more of a deep threat, a, a very good deep threat. So I may have been a little bit off there, but uh, but that's okay. I can correct for that. Now, since we're in PPR, right, these are the PPR rankings. So uh, this is what I'm talking about, how this talent is a little bit more spread out. Let's look at the top five again. Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase. Now number six is Travis Kelsey. You guys know my opinion. I think he is a bona fide top five pick and I think probably the most valuable player in fantasy football, especially considering here. Let's look. He's the number one tight end ranked at overall number six. Tight end two, Mark Andrews, is ranked 43rd overall. That disparity between the person who has Travis Kelsey and the guy who has Mark Andrews, I mean, that's big. And it's probably pretty accurate. I'm not saying that Mark Andrews is going to finish the year ranked 42nd overall in total points, but if he was, I would be I wouldn't be surprised. And if Travis Kelsey was ranked overall 42nd in points, but what the hell? But if he was ranked top 5 in points, I wouldn't shake a stick at it. The dude led the league in yards after catch. That's not just in tight ends. He led the lead in yards after the catch. This is a lead that where we have guys like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, the king of yak, right? Where who can just we're talking about guys like I I don't know. I, I don't know. I lost my train of thought there for just a second. Sorry, I'm just thinking about how much I want like a top five pick so I could get Travis Kelsey, but it's okay. So Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, those guys could all be the number one player at their respective position. Now, I also think Tyree Kill has a shot. I think somebody like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, or Derrick Henry could have a shot. Those are a little farther down. Honestly, Josh Jacobs ranked at 17 right now. He had probably He's probably a super like dark horse. Nick Chubb is another guy who every year I talk myself into. He's a dark horse, could be RB1. These guys, I believe, like there's no clear cut number one. Justin Jefferson is obviously super valuable in PPR, but Austin Eckler gets crazy amounts of targets. So you're looking at these guys, and each one of them I could convince myself pretty definitively to say if I took him with my first number one overall pick, I would not be sad about my team coming out of this draft, right? Because then you swing back around, let's look at the guys around 20. The guys around 20 right now are Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Tony Pollard. Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Patrick Mahomes is at 24. He's going to go earlier in our draft because quarterbacks always go earlier in our draft, especially since we do six-point touchdowns, and ESPN generally ranks guys at four-point touchdowns. So guys like Patrick Mahomes might go from 24 to like 15 or 16, right? <clears throat> I, I'm looking at these at this top five, and I'm thinking to myself, that the, the, I mean, all these guys are, are really good. All these guys are really good. Now, I think you get your question marks past 
Six, right? Seven, we got B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson, highly, highly respected out of Texas. His draft position, I think he was taken with like the, what, seventh or eighth overall pick. Clearly, he's very respected. But he, uh, I mean, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's in a run-heavy offense. But they got question marks at quarterback. Who are they going to be running with? Are they going to be running with Desmond Ritter the entire year? Would Marcus Mariota come in? I don't know. Wait, did Mariota sign somewhere else? I don't think he did. I mean, regardless, I'm not intrigued by the prospect of either Desmond Ritter or Marcus Mariota as my quarterback. And that offensive line isn't as horrible as it could, as it was in the past, right? I am just not convinced that B. John Robinson will get enough work to justify a top seven pick. Now, if you want to make that argument, I have plenty of people that don't like don't like it when I say that. He's a great route runner. He can run a lot of routes. But I mean, we're talking about uh, what's his name, Coach uh, the Coach Smith. We're talking about shit. That is going to really piss me off that I don't that I can't remember his name. Let me look. Arthur Smith. So I was right. We're talking about Arthur Smith here, right? We're talking about Derrick Henry's guy. I I think Bijan will get a lot of work. He definitely has decent, okay size. He's definitely really strong. He's a really strong route runner. But designing routes for your running back is not exactly Arthur Smith's Arthur Arthur Smith's forte. Uh, he had a really good prospect in Tyler Algier Algier last year, who was a good pure runner, who had a great year. I'm just not. I'm not, and, and I'm not convinced that Bijan doesn't get subbed at the goal line for Tyler Algier. So is he this workhorse running back? I don't know. He's a rookie. He clearly has a talented backup, somewhat talented, at least as a pure runner, in Tyler Algier. Cordero Patterson's also there. There have been reports this offseason that Cordero is going to be playing a somewhat dynamic role. He'll probably be in there for some spell downs, rushing, and he will be running some routes. He's a good route runner. I, I'm i just not entirely convinced that B. John Robinson is going to be this world-breaking running back that a lot of people seem to think he is. I understand taking him in the top 10. I understand taking him in the top 12. I understand taking him with a first-round pick in general. I just don't see why I would want B. John Robinson over someone like Tyree Kill or over someone like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, guys who have done it, guys who have been there. Now, I... Am not. I am a little bit risk averse a lot of times. I clearly drafted poorly last year, right? Because I was risk averse. If I had taken Christian McCaffrey last year instead of Jonathan Taylor, I'm in a very different situation. And I am not talking about how crazy I was last year and how I went crazy. If I had taken Derrick Henry last year, I'm not having that. I'm not having that same conversation. Because <sighs> I went with the true ranking number one. Don't think about it. Just take Jonathan Taylor. I'm just saying, I'm not convinced Bijan's worth your seventh number seven pick. Eight, we have Tyree Kill. Nine, Jonathan Taylor. Ten, Saquon Barkley. I kind of talked about those guys. Eleven, Derrick Henry. Uh, the continued. I mean, Derrick Henry. He's going to be in his. He's going to be 29. He runs hard, but the man is just a machine. Saquon, I think, has fully convinced me that he's back. I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor. These guys that have had a couple of kind of freak injuries, 
They get bad raps. I honestly don't think that even like Christian McCaffrey, like I don't think none of these are soft tissue injuries that are super repeatable. I think they're going to be fine. Um, so I kind of like the value here at 9, 10, and 11 with Taylor, Barkley, and Henry. I have a suspicion that as the uh, season approaches more, guys like Bijan may drop down a couple of pegs, and guys like Taylor, Barkley, Henry may rise up a couple of pegs. But Henry's age is going to be a big question mark there. Do you want to take a 29-year-old running back as your workhorse running back one? I don't know. Now, I think this is where we get into some really meaty prospects because I really like number 12 through number 16 a lot. We're talking about Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, and A.J. Brown. That is some meat at wide receiver. I mean, you could at 12 and 13 flip get Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs back-to-back Ooh, boys, I'm just saying. Now, yes, you're, you'll are you be cutting yourself short at running back, but that is some meaty production from a wide receiver room. I mean, Adams has to deal with uh, probably a downgrade in quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo coming in for Derek Carr, but I'm not convinced that Jimmy Garoppolo is that big of a downgrade. The guy does like to spread the ball around. He does like to throw targets. He's just a little more conservative. So maybe we're not expecting it's a ton of touchdowns from Adams, but we are playing PPR. So we could see some really heavy workloads from Adams. Diggs is obvious. I mean, great quarterback, good system, clear wide receiver one. Nobody established himself as the wide receiver two. So Diggs is just going to keep eating. C.D. Lamb is in a uh, – they had their offensive coordinator leave. So I don't know if it will be as pass heavy, but they had their uh, former workhorse running back who's being replaced by Tony Pollard. Uh, leave. I, I think CD is in a, gr- a great place. And Amon Ra is in one of the best offenses in the league, a pass-heavy offense where he is the established number one. They might get a number two established themselves this year, but they don't have a clear-cut number two. And then A.J. Brown. I mean, A.J. Brown has shown time and again he can be a top ten wide receiver very easily, even top five. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is a meaty this is a meaty area. Honestly, I don't hate drafting at 10 this year because I really think that in this like 10 through even up to like 10 through 20, you got some guys who are really really good and nice and like maybe they're not going to be wide receiver 1, maybe they're not going to be running back 1, but these guys could definitely be easy top five. all of them if you said Amon Ross St. Brown's a guaranteed top 6 receiver. I'd go, "Okay, you know, I maybe I maybe I could agree or disagree, but it wouldn't be completely out of elements, right? So it's like, yeah, those guys are just great. I really like that area of the draft. Um, personally, I'm a big AJ Brown fan. I'm a bigger Monroe St. Brown fan, so I just I like I like those guys right there quite a bit. 17, we got Josh Jacobs. 18, Nick Chubb. We're looking at the pure runner category here, right? Uh, these guys are not going to get you a whole lot of targets, but they are going to get you a whole lot of yards, and they're going to be relied on pretty heavily, especially with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo under center for Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs really doesn't have a backup that I'm all too worried about. I mean, what, Amir Abdullah? Okay, whatever, right? I mean, I think Chubb's the same way. He doesn't have a backup that, that steers me. Obviously not. Like, Chubb might be the best pure runner in the lead. He has a great offensive line. Questionable quarterback play, but we can talk about that later. Oh, yeah, by the way, 
Uh, if you want to, you can draft Deshaun Watson this year. I know we suspended him last year because we thought the NFL screwed up, and so he wasn't allowed to play in our league. You can take him this year. I mean, I think his punishment should have been at least suspended without pay for a year. So we're going to say he was suspended without pay for a year in our league because we actually have you know, consi- we because we are the governing body outside of the NFL that takes care of itself better than the NFL itself takes care of itself. All right, we actually do the stuff that the NFL should do. Okay, now if it were up to me and me alone and not the rest of the governing body, he'd never play another football game again. He'd be in the jail tossing passes to Henry Ruggs. Okay. Let's move past that. So we got Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Tony Pollard, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne. That's all the way from 19 to 23. I'm calling these guys the pass catchers. We've got a bunch of guys who Garrett Wilson's the number one quarterback in uh, on the Jets. He's probably going to get the most number of targets from uh, Aaron Rodgers, their new acquisition this year. Jalen Waddle is going to get a lot of targets. Yeah, Tyree Kill is there, but Jalen Waddle just eats up yards after the catch. Honestly, I shouldn't call him the pass catcher because he might have 1,000 yards on 20 catches. The kid is so fast. Tony Pollard, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, all guys who are not guaranteed just like a crazy, crazy workload, but I could see becoming a pretty consistent RB1 for a team if they got enough passing work. Travis Etienne's got a backup that might cause a little bit of fear uh, in um, Tank Bigsby coming out of Auburn. But then we move into the quarterbacks, and you know what? I've decided I'm just going to run through some quarterbacks real quick. We'll do a full quarterback ranking. So that's kind of your top 23 players right there, give or take a couple. Honestly, these guys, I, I see some guys in here that could that could really outperform where they're currently ranked. Obviously, this is going to change a lot in the next month, and then the week leading up to our draft is going to be probably when it's setting itself in stone. But I think it's good, at least for people who maybe you just want to listen to a podcast that's specifically for us and not some random dude talking about, well, uh, you know, Michael Pittman's the wide receiver one this year. I'm not going to give you a bunch of bullshit, okay? I'm not perfect at projecting this stuff. But I am pretty good at telling you what will, what could happen in this league. And I'm just going to say right now, these top 23 guys, I think they're probably about in the right place. Though I could see a T. Higgins. I could see a DK Metcalf. I could see like a Chris Olave. I could see a Najee Harris. I could see a Ramondre Stevenson jump up into the mix depending on what goes on. Because... Uh, keep in mind at this point, Dalvin Cook still hasn't signed anywhere. So as soon as Dalvin Cook signs somewhere, a lot of these things are going to be moved around a little bit. So let's talk some quarterbacks. Let's look at our current top 12 quarterbacks. I'm just going to run through them real quick and then we can maybe have some, I'll talk about some guys who I think can make the jump into that area. The you know we, we play a one quarterback lead with six point passing touchdowns. So these guys are pretty valuable, especially guys, even guys who can throw a lot of touchdowns. In a lot of other leagues, they will not be as valuable as guys who rush a lot more just because we get the same value, right, as a wide receiver catching a touchdown, as a quarterback rushing in a touchdown as uh, with passing. So at number one, Patrick Mahomes, it's pretty obvious. He should be the number one quarterback. He should be the first guy to go. If you don't, 
think that's true. I don't know what to tell you. The dude owns the world right now. He's coming off another Super Bowl. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches of all time. And Patrick Mahomes might be physically the greatest quarterback that has ever played the game. Obviously, he doesn't have the wins yet or whatever else. But he's well on his way to being the greatest ever. And he definitely could be. If he won five more Super Bowls in the next 15 years, I would not bat an eye. I would say, yeah, probably. Josh Allen, uh, they got him at number two right now. I think this is a toss-up to between two and three. I think Josh, And they also have him ranked overall 25, Jalen Hurts 26. I think Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, I could see an argument for either of them. I think Hurts will get a couple more rushing touchdowns than Allen probably a couple more rushing yards, but Allen will likely pass uh, better than Jalen Hurts. Although that's not guaranteed, Hurts has better weapons, and actually Hurts is like a top five passer in 20-plus yard down the field throws. So Hurts has a deep ball that is comparable, at least, to the top guys in the league. Uh, Number five, number six, Lamar Jackson, or no, I'm sorry, number four, uh, number five, we have Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. These are another couple of guys they have as toss-ups in these rankings. I would probably take, personally, I'd take Jackson over Burrow just because of the rushing upside. I understand the question marks with Lamar Jackson because of his health recently, but I personally, I like to get a rushing quarterback in there. You know, last year I took Russell Wilson because I thought, oh, yeah, great. You know, the first year we did this league, I think I had Drew Brees. So I had this, like, ancient man. And then in a couple of other leagues, I had some, like, fast guys. And I was like, oh, I want a fast guy, right? I like having those guys that are dynamic. Speaking of dynamic, right after Lamar Jackson, we have Justin Fields. Um, Justin Fields uh, will get you there on his rushing and his rushing pretty much alone. I think he has the potential to take a big step forward. He was a great down-the-field passer in college. It just hasn't translated to the NFL yet. Now they have DJ Moore. They have a couple of more weapons. Cole Komet's coming into his own. They had they traded for Chase Claypool, and it just didn't work out last year. I don't think that will keep up. I do see. I don't see Chase Claypool becoming like a solid. Uh, flex play every week, but I could see him having some big games and maybe ending up with like 700 yards on the year. If Justin Fields can put it all together this year, I think he has the potential to jump to one of the top three quarterbacks, top four quarterbacks that we're talking about next year. But just right now, he just doesn't have that down the field passing. I mean, he is really poor in uh, completion percentage, really poor in everything. But there, I mean, there were games that he was passing to strangers he was passing to like me out there some dude off the practice squad you know what I mean like he had a practice squad receiver core out there every now and then so they've upgraded Justin Fields a little bit he got a new right tackle I do think Fields is going to have a better year this year and he was QB6 last year so the sky's the or QB8 I don't remember one of the two the guys the the sky's the limit for this guy uh right after him we have another Justin Justin Herbert Justin Herbert had a a little bit more of a down year last year. He's still a solid top 10 quarterback. Um, I have no doubt Justin Herbert could be QB1. You know, like his potential is huge. Uh, with his weapons, he's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams. He's got Quentin Johnston, their new wide receiver coming out of TCU. So I could really see him, beca- not TCU, Quentin Johnston, TCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was TCU, actually. I could really see him, uh, you know, come into his own and, and be that solid 100, you know, elite quarterback that he could be. I just don't 
think that he's going to top a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, or a Joe Burrow, but he could definitely be the top of the second tier of the Jacksons, the Fields, and whatnot. Here's where I think it takes a pretty big dive, right? After Justin Herbert, they have ranked here Deshaun Watson. I don't know what ESPN saw to put him at QB8. I don't think he deserves that. I think, if anything, he could be... At his max, Deshaun Watson is could be QB8, right? But I think right here they're playing with the ceiling of what we saw in the past. Deshaun Watson hasn't played good football in years. And... Yeah, he's not super old. Uh, he's no longer banned in our lead, like I just said. I just I just don't see him being QB8. Now, he could come out, play extremely well. They have a great roster. Cleveland does. They have a really, really good offensive line. Good rushing attack. Amari Cooper is good. They traded for, oh, shoot, the wide receiver off the Jets last year. Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is good, pretty kind of underrated wide receiver. I just don't I I just can't see Deshaun being the QB eight, but if you've got, you know, a bug in your bonnet about it and you think he can be, I could see the argument, I guess. Uh number nine, Trevor Lawrence. Number ten, Dak Prescott. I think both Trevor Lawrence and Dak Prescott should be above Deshaun Watson. I think it's kind of a crime that ESPN currently has them ranked below him. They actually have Dak Prescott ranked like what, like 17 picks below uh, Deshaun Watson? I just think that's crazy. I would take Dak over Deshaun any day of the week right now, even though Dak is really just kind of a light version of Kirk Cousins, who's number 11. I think Kirk Cousins is a fine pick, especially if you're picking a quarterback late. Listen, Kirk throws for like 4,500-plus yards and like 30 touchdowns. That's what he's going to do. He has a good team. Yeah, they got rid of Adam Thielen, but they invested money into a really, really good young wide receiver. Uh, what's in what's his name? Um, Addison, right? Jordan Addison. They invested a you know first round pick into Jordan Addison to try to replace the uh, exiting Adam Thielen. Obviously, Addison won't be as much of a red zone threat. He's really small, but he's a he's a pretty good outside uh, outside or slot receiver. He's a little small to be an outside receiver, but I think that he can. Uh, he's dynamic. He's got really good route running, and he's going to have a lot of pressure taken off of him because on the other side of the field, you've got arguably the number one overall pick, you know, Justin Jefferson. Uh, and then twelve, we have Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a guy who I think is a great quarterback to target if you're going late rounds. Uh, quarterback. Daniel Jones is good, guys. I mean, he got extended. He could definitely be a QB1 this year. I think he was last year, or he was at least like QB, he was like QB10 or to like QB13, I can't remember. Daniel Jones is good. He got a little bit up, he got upgraded receiver, not a little bit upgraded. He got Darren Waller. Um, they drafted Jalen Hyatt, who I personally have a bit, oh man, another Deshaun Watson target. Uh, they, they drafted my boy, um, uh, uh, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. Uh, I think Daniel Jones uh, can, maybe he won't take a huge step forward, but if at the end of the year Daniel Jones is like QB9, I wouldn't be surprised. Daniel Jones is a fine quarterback. Uh, just quickly, I'm going to run through a couple of quarterbacks at the end here. We've got Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Anthony Richardson, um, all those guys are 13 through 17. I could see any of those guys sneaking their way into like positions 
like maybe like eight through twelve. If we're talking like eight. That'd be like Aaron Rodgers. I could see Tua getting there. Uh, I, the rest of these guys, maybe not. I could see one of those other guys sneaking to like eleven or twelve, being like a, a number one quarterback. Um, so you have some question marks there. I think Jared Goff at 21 is actually kind of crazy value. Kyler Murray, obviously he's at 20. He's going to miss a lot of the year. So it's really, you're kind of taking a chance on a guy. He'll likely end up as a backup. I mean, when Kyler Murray's playing his best ball, he's a top six or seven quarterback. Uh, but you know, with the injury, who knows when he'll be back. So if you're taking Kyler Murray and you're banking on that, you better have a quarterback to hold you over. But I think a guy like, Jared Goff, someone like that could do it. Matthew Stafford uh, could could hold you over a little bit. Anthony Richardson's a huge question mark. I mean, his potential is obviously there for him to be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL. He's got a crazy body. He's got crazy size. He just doesn't have the production that you really need. Everybody can talk about Josh Allen. We can talk about Josh Allen all day and all night. Josh Allen did not produce in college. Josh Allen took like three years in the NFL to get to a point where where he was consistently good, right? And now he's elite. He is a top three quarterback in this league, okay? That's not the common case. That is not how it works usually. Usually with quarterbacks, production begats production. So I would rather have Bryce Young as a football team than Anthony Richardson. Now, as a fantasy football team, I don't know. Anthony Richardson could run for a thousand yards. He really could. The thing is, he might just pass for like two, because the, the pass for two touchdowns. Because the dude is not a good passer. He's just not. He has the size to do it. He has the arm to do it. He just does not have the production to convince me that he could do that at a high level in the NFL. It's a completely different game, and he was not able to do it consistently well in college. Do you know what team he passed the best against? Tennessee. Do you know who had one of the worst pass defenses in college football last year? Tennessee. I'm just not convinced that he can produce outside of games that have shit, horrible secondaries, and there's not a secondary in the NFL that plays worse than any, you know, of the best colleges. So it's like, eh, I'm not convinced Anthony Richardson is a great quarterback, but if you told me at the end of this year, hey, next year he's going to be a top 12 quarterback pick, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback pick, I'd say, okay, I could see him making that leap, at least on the rushing alone. So that's all I'll talk about uh, quarterbacks and uh, I think I'm going to end it there this week this is a great you know this is just like kind of a little casual preseason talk for us this is super early so hopefully later on I can get you a better preseason thing I'm over the next few weeks what I'm planning on doing is having a couple of interviews of different players recap some games from last year talk about some sleepers and things like that and we'll see how we feel although I'm not going to try to reveal too much because I don't want my whole draft strategy out there right but All right, I'll see you guys. Thanks for listening.